You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, good morning. Hope you're all doing well at home. Uh, Just a couple things before we start off with. Um, Happy anniversary to Fellowship Baptist Church. I know I'm probably stealing somebody's thunder, but today is our 22nd anniversary. So uh, there is a a little uh, montage of the church and how things have gone from our humble beginnings to where we are today. Um, It's worth a a look if you haven't seen it so far, so I would encourage you to do so. Um, Also, just a point of clarification to my grandkids who ask, um, Grandpa does have pants on today. Um, you know, there's been, there's been posts of pastors and teachers behind a pulpit with a suit coat and tie, um, and then in shorts or sweatpants and flip-flops. Please know that I am wearing suit pants and my dress shoes today. So um, as we start today, this was actually the beginning lesson that I had developed with the Lord kind of had led. Um, And then I took from this and kind of backed up the basis to um, how we were going to start. So if you would, let's open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Was a little reluctant uh, uh, to bring this this morning, partly because if you saw Pastor's devotional on Friday, um, he touched a lot of points that I'm going to cover through today. What's interesting is, you know, it's like a musician who all of a sudden is in a contest and has somebody else do a song before they do their song, and then they're quickly changing. You know, I really felt through this and prayed through it and felt that the Lord really wanted this message to come across this morning. So if you've heard Pastor's Devotion, this is, that was a good basis for what I'm going to bring this morning. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all tribulation, that we might be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be together Father, those that are watching at home, Father, those that will watch us later, we just pray, Lord, that you use this message as a blessing to them, that, Father, through these trying times, Lord, I just ask that you would give your people comfort, give them encouragement as we look at that this morning. Just ask, Lord, that you use me as your vessel, let your word come forth, and we thank you in your son's name, I pray, amen. So as we look at the events of today, um, we look at and have been looking at being disappointed or discouraged. And, you know, we are going through a time now where it would be very, very easy to do so. Pastor mentioned those that are uh, that are laid off, those that might be out of work, you know, the trillion stimulus package that's coming through will help some, but I don't think it's going to help a lot. You know, uh, it's going to take some time for us to recover. Um, we pray that uh, this epidemic or pandemic you know, subsides quickly that we can get back to some normalcy. Um, you know, as for us in Michigan, this is week three of a lockdown. And, you know, our lives have changed. Our 
ability to do things have changed. Uh, we're making more trips to the store just to get out of the house a little bit. Um, but you know, that's what's going on. It's very, very easy for people to come disappointed or discouraged. You know, dreams will be crushed. People that had expectations of things that they were going to be doing this time of year, those that were planning vacations, those that were just planning to be out and get ready for things now have had a, a drastic change. Those that were going to be doing things, making investments, now have to step back and really think about where they're going to be at financially. So it's really a trying time. But as we've read through and as we've studied through, there are ways to get through this disappointment and discouragement. Well, we become discouraged and disappointed when our hopes are not achieved, or our expectations or desires are not fulfilled, and we feel disappointed. I mean, we all have expectations in our lives. We all look that things are going to happen in a certain way. We think that all the work that we've done is going to relay into a, into a reward or to an end goal. But with things that we can't control, the things that we don't have control of, sometimes that we come out of that feeling disappointed and discouraged. You know, disappointment, discouragement, it's a passing emotion, you know, over a temporary loss. We get through it. We get by. You know, it be it a loss of a game or, you know, something didn't work out at work. It's temporary. You know, everything that happens is temporary. It's a, or it can be a major disappointment that remains shadowing our reactions and everything that we do. You know, the reasons can be different. You know, it can be from a physical cause. You can be tired. You can be worn out. You know, those that are going through the, the stay at home, you know, it's now a whole different routine for them. Uh, there was a, a meme on Facebook that was caught my eye was that, you know, basically you should try to put your jeans on every now and then because sweatpants and pajama bottoms have a tendency to lie. You know, just when you think that you're not uh, gaining any weight or so, you need that reminder of exactly where you are. So it's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different routine. It's to get us there. You might be sick. I mean, we're, we're seeing the pandemic. We're seeing the flu catch through the, the coronavirus as it's catching people. You know, that's going to ca cause people to be disappointed or discouraged. Or it, actually, we become too idealistic. Our expectations are not met, and therefore, we don't see what we need to see. We talked about the difference between disappointment and discouragement, that it's an emotion felt when a strongly held expectation is not met, while discouragement is actually an act. Um, disappointment and discouragement, we said, came in th uh, three different sizes. It's mild. It can occur when a person experiences minor problems or pressures that affect your emotions. For the most part, this goes unnoticed or by others, and it's not very long-lasting. It's a temporary deal. You can have a strong case of it, where it can occur when we face major problems or pressures. This can affect our spirit in our words and our actions. Uh, it can be easily observed by others. You know, again, it comes to that question, um, is everything okay? Are you all right? Um, and that's when we typically have to be truthful in exactly where we are. And then there is the disabling end of it. That's where depression kicks in, and we're really not going to discuss that here. So last week when we reviewed dis discouragement, we really focused on overcoming. And that's the whole lead-in of last week was you can be discouraged. It's going to happen. How are we going to get through there? So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just over a couple pages. I want to cover this from last week just as a reminder. I'm going to read verses 
uh, 1 through 18. So follow along at home. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonestly, not walking in craftiness. Yep, I gotta make sure I'm in the right spot. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, condemning ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose in image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not of ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have the treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For which we live as always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that which he raised up the Lord Jesus shall rise up us also by Jesus, and we and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish yet, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, it's our focus of not to give up. You know, as we go through times of disappointment and discouragement, that's when Satan wants to use that time and use that position to cause us to fail. You know, we talked about remembering that everything happens for a reason. That God is in control of everything that happens. It's not because of something that I did. It's not something that somebody around me did. But that everything happens for a reason. God wants us to learn from those events. Things go in our favor. We learn from those. But from those cases where things don't go well, that's when we really learn. We learn from our mistakes. We learn from things that happen. You know, God is always with us. We talked a lot about that last week, is that no matter what happens, we're not alone. And that God is in control. God is with us to help us through those situations. You know, we read through the footprints in the sand. You know, the fact that when things are tough, God is carrying us through all those issues. You know, we also talked that to start with, you need to have the Lord as your, as your Savior. That if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then that's where you need to start. If you want to get over disappointment and get over discouragement, that's the place you start. If you're already saved and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have to look at your own life to see if there's something in between. Is there something there that's causing a rift between you and God? God doesn't change. It's only us. 
And that's when we need to look at our lives and repent of anything. We also need to reset our focus. It's that point that if we're too busy looking at the world and not looking at God, it's going to be easy for us to fall away. We need to encourage in our heart that the Lord is with us. And again, then we finally ask for prayer support. So that's kind of the review of where we've been. And this is actually, as I said, this is kind of the basis of where the Lord led me to, to begin to this. As you know, um, I work a lot in athletics. You know, I, I get to see the good and bad of it. And this is where I really picked up the part of encouragement. You can see that coach. You can see that, that leader. Let's just start with the coach. You know, kid comes off and he's disappointed. He's just made an error. Maybe he's turned the ball over. Maybe he's missed it. Maybe that coach puts his arm around him and, and tries to encourage him through what's going on. Maybe you're at work and things have gone wrong. You know, that boss has come alongside to encourage you to pick it up and, and go from there. But then on the other, other side of that coin is that coach is just ripping your head off. I mean, we've all seen it. You see a lot of it in kids' sports where the focus is not on the learning part, but it's all about berating that athlete. And you see that come along, and that's really not the other side of encouragement. So encouragement, it's encouraging because you're an instrument to comfort others. I mean, that's what we are there to do. And we'll, read, we'll go through some more of that in detail as we go along. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify another, even also as ye do. You know, you may have gone through something in your life that somebody else has not. And then someone else comes along and has an issue that relates to what you've gone through. Be it a death of a child, be it a loss of a job, be it whatever. You may have experience in that particular event that somebody else doesn't do. So, you know, the emptiness of coming, somebody coming alongside going, hey, I understand what you're going through. Well, maybe you really don't. You know, until you've lost a child, to be able to come up to someone and put their, your arm around them and go, look, I understand what you're going through because you have. You know, maybe it's, again, through a loss of a job. You know, that comes to a point where that's, for someone that can be a very disheartening point. It be, can be very discouraging that all of a sudden, because of things beyond your control, you lose your job. But then it takes a while to find a replacement. And that's when you begin to become, um, you become to doubt yourself. And that's when somebody else who's gone through that same situation can come alongside and can minister through you. 1 Samuel 23, 15 through 18 says this, And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Zip in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. You know, here's a case where if you look and you study through David, you know, David had not done anything wrong. But Saul knew that David was going to be the next king. And he sought to kill him. So David ran, he fled, panicked, was worried. But yet it took his dear friend Jonathan to come alongside to encourage him, to give him that hope that no matter what's going to occur, there's going to be good that comes out of it. And that's where we need to come along, those fellow believers, those to people that we know, 
that as they go through time of being discouraged, that we need to be that encouragement. That's our function here. And we'll go through some more of that as we go through. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now you take this into the thought of encouragement, is that as we encourage others, you know, we just don't sit back and go, ah, they'll deal with it. You know, I don't want to get involved. We need to get involved. We need to see those that are hurting. We need to come alongside them to encourage them. Because I can tell you this, there's going to come a time when you're going to be in that situation. You're going to be in that point where you're going to be discouraged. You think the world is against you. You think you have no friends. That's when we need to come together as a, as, a, as a family, and we'll talk through that as we go along. You know, we need to look for opportunities. You know, it just might be a kind word, a prayer, sometimes just being there in support. Pastor talked about this on Friday in his devotion, you know, sending a card, sending an email, picking up the phone. Yes, people, those things that you carry with you are just not a computer. You actually can use that to talk to somebody. Pick it up, call somebody. Maybe the Lord's laid somebody on your heart that you want, you just need to give them just a, a, hey, how you doing? Just to let them know that you're thinking about them. You know, we, we become, because, you know, because of emails and, and computers and social media, we've become so ingenuous about connecting with other people that we forget sometimes just a friendly word, just a, hey, thinking about you. And again, I mentioned this before, Bill Walsh sends me a, uh, a text every couple of weeks just going, hey, praying for you. You know, that's an encouragement to know that, you know, sometimes nothing's going on and it's good to know somebody has my back. Then there are days where things are just not working right. You know, be it at work, the things are falling apart. You know, there's too much drama in what's going on in life. It's nice to know that you have somebody there that's praying for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify on another, even also ye do. Colossians 2.2, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, into all riches of full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgments of the ministry of God, mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. You know, I was mentioning earlier this video that Ben's posted on uh, the church history. And it's amazing to see the people that are no longer part of this fellowship. Pastor and I were talking about that this morning. You know, it's, an, it's, it's a cycle of the church. You know, but still, when you look and see those people that aren't here anymore, you know, I looked at that this morning and went, wow, did, did I really, did I not do what I should have done? Maybe if I'd have reached out a little bit more, maybe had I encouraged more, maybe if I'd have engaged more, maybe those people would still be here. Again, the Lord is in control and he has, he knows where things are going. There are people that are not here because God's led them to a different direction. But there are others that aren't. And just wondering when we look at ourselves, you know, I met a, 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 a fellow referee who, goes, uh, who lives in Lynchburg, Virginia. And he goes to a church of thousands. You know, and I said to him, you know, don't you find that difficult in the fact that you don't know everybody there? And he went, well, let me challenge this. How big is your church? And I went, well, you know, we 250, 300. He goes, do you know everybody? Do you, do you know what everybody's struggling through? 
And it was a challenge because I don't. You know, there are folks that I don't have that close relationship with that I often go, Pansy, who's that? You know, I know they're here, I've seen them here, but, and I say hello to them, but I really don't know much about their lives. You know, and maybe that's a challenge that I'm going to take through this lesson, is to get to know everybody a little bit better so that we can be there for one another. You know, encouragement belongs to you as a Christian. You know, we don't have to be of this world. We don't have to be caught up in it. We know there are hurts and doubts, but being a Christian puts us in a whole different environment. You know, we have a family that we can count on being at people that we go to church with, being other believers, being at people that we know from other churches, it does bring us into a position where we have a, a lifeline that we can use, that we can reach out to others when we need some help, and they're there for us. You know, the body of Christ is here to lift you up, not only in prayer, but in action. You know, one thing about this church that's really unique, and, and I have to say that because I haven't been part of very many, but I know what we have here, is that, you know, when somebody needs help, this church rallies around together. We step up, we help out, we give where we can give, we do what we need to do, and we're there because we understand that need. We know that we're there for encouragement. You know, we've seen people come and, and have desperate needs for things, and as a church body, we put it into action. We just don't go, you know what? We'll pray about it and we'll get back to you. No, we'll take the Lord's direction and we'll be involved. You know, as a member, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in what to do. You know, there might just be that case where you need that direction from the Lord as, as to what to do, but we have that assurance. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, as a fellow believer, we can be spurring others in the right way. I mean, we've all, again, had different experiences in our lives. We've all come from different backgrounds. Some of us have, been, have known the Lord since we were children. Others knew our, the Lord as children, but fell away from him and then came back later in life. There are some of you that didn't know the Lord until later in your life. So we've all gone through different exposures. We've all had different experiences that we've gone through. And that way we can use what we've learned to spur others in the right direction. Let's turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I know I'm cheated. I've already got my place marked, but I'll give you, give you some time to get there. We're going to focus on, um, we'll start with verse 14 and we'll read through 21. So of all these things, but them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but the averting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase you unto more ungodliness. And the world, I'm sorry, and the word will eat as doth a canker, and who in himenus and, and I'm going to screw this up, philitis, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. 
Nevertheless, is the foundation of God. Stand as sure having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You know, Paul was a mentor to Timothy. You know, Timothy was young. He was being sent out to the ministry. He was unsure of himself. But Paul took the time to encourage him in what to expect, encourage him in what to do. He was there for him. He was directing him in the right way. Just as a coach, just as a, a, a teacher, just as your pastor, that's what they're doing. They're spurring us to go the right way. I mean, they are just as discouraged and disappointed when we go the wrong way, just as a parent. You know, we can do the right things. We can do all that we can to train our children in the way they should go, but we don't control their path. They can go on their own direction, and in some cases, it's not the right one. Our hearts are burdened over the directions that they go, but we need to train them in the way that they need to go. We need people to speak truths in our lives. You know, it's to, to address a blind side. You know, when I, as I officiate, there are things that I do that I don't know that I do. And that I have mentors, I have evaluators that come alongside. And they'll either say, Phil, you're doing this good, or Phil, you need to work on this. Because I don't know that I'm doing that until somebody points it out. That's the same thing in our Christian walk. You know, we do things thinking it's the right way, but it may not be. And we need one another to come alongside and go, Hey, is there something we can help you with? Is there something we can help you to direct in your path? 2 Timothy 2.3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And in 2 Timothy 4.2 it says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, or rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. You know, we need to be ready. We need to be ready to help those that need help. And that's what we need to be instant. Be ready to step up when we need to step up. You know, the need for encouragement. It's to shape a perspective on life. It motivates words and action. You know, we're there to help. When things seem down, when things seem that there's no hope, that's what we do as, a, as fellow believers. We come alongside to encourage them to mature in Christ and grow spiritually. I mean, that's, that's the position of a pastor and as a teacher. Our Sunday school teachers, who I know that are missing their kids at this point, that's what they do. They help encourage. They help train. They help put people on the right path. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Let's turn there. Romans chapter 12. Verses 3 through 8. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of his faith. For as we have, met, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy, according to the proper, proportion of faith, or ministry, 
let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, excuse me, um, I lost my spot. Uh, I'll step back to chapter 8, or verse 8. Or he that exhorteth, or exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. I mean, we all are, are a body. We all have different gifts. You know, my courser has a gift that I don't have. I have a gift that he doesn't have. Ben has gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that Ben don't have, doesn't have. And it's all that we work together, looking to help one another and encourage them in the areas of their behavior. Knowing that trials are opportunities for growth, we use those failures to learn. Look, we're not going to do everything right the first time. You know, we are going to make mistakes. And that's when we need to come along one another to help us through. It's reminding people of God's love, of his power, and his faithfulness. It's our needing to move along. If we dwell on those things that have caused us issues, we're not going to advance. We're not going to get better. If we dwell on those things, and that's what discouragement will do. It helps us thinking about what's happened in the past. Look, it's happened, it's over, it's done. You can't do anything about it. You can only go forward to fix things that are there. So as we close up this month's worth of uh, lessons, um, here's just some things to remember. Everyone will face some level of discouragement one time or another. It's going to happen. No matter how much you try to prepare yourself, no matter what you do, there will be a time that you will be discouraged. We can either let that take control of our lives, or we can let us drag us down even further, or we can face it, but not alone. Again, remember, that's what we're here for. If you have an issue, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member. You know, if, if reach out to your pastor. You know, don't try to do it by yourself. Know that we're here for you. We're here to help you there. Our church is a family, you know, and it's made up not just of one person, but it's all of us. You know, and our family is focused in prayer and the word to help each other out. Yes, sometimes we have struggles in our family. I mean, we have struggles in my household, you know, but we know that we're there for one another. We know that if somebody's going through a tough time, they can always count on us at home. I'll leave you with this verse. 2 Corinthians 9, 11 through 12. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. So I hope that we've gone through this month of, of lessons talking about disappointment, discouragement, and encouragement to, find it, to finalize where we're at. I pray that you've gotten something from this, and I thank you for tuning in today. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.